Welcome back. I'm Kim Bailey. She's Fuliana Osborne and this is Inside Exec. Today we have a guest with us, Nick Gorman. And Nick's going to talk to us about a range of things. But I think the most important message we're hoping to get from Nick is about mental health at work. And I will let Fuliana introduce him. Thanks, Kim. I'm delighted to introduce Nick Gorman. In fact, Nick and I were introduced to each other by a previous guest, Geraldine King. From the first meeting, I really felt that Nick had a wealth of experience and he is passionate about helping others. Nick is the founder and principal at Equilibrium at Work, which is a business that helps working professionals by focusing on well-being, careers, and work and life balance. Nick worked in the finance industry. In particular, he worked in several investment banks, including Citibank, Bank of America, Merrill Lynch, and Macquarie Bank, to name a few. Nick decided on a radical change, which I'm delighted about, and to follow his dream of providing a service to improve the lives of working professionals. We want to do that by giving them one-on-one mentoring that allows the individual the opportunity to discuss all things career, personal, with a mental health overlay, which is something that is unpassionate about and I think it's really, really needed in our working lives as well. So, Nick, welcome to Inside Exec. Thank you very much, Fuliana. Thank you, Kim. Our pleasure, Nick. And I get to ask the first question. We're going to talk in this session a lot about the background and the and the effort you went to to make sure that you're making the right decisions about having this business that you've got now and, and the history of your work journey. But I'm interested in, and it's probably based on the fact that you were so very careful about what you were going to do and how you were going to do it. Since you started the business, has anything surprised you in a positive way that you weren't expecting in terms of the business? A lot of things, really. For me, it was such a a change of course. I had felt for some period of time that there was something bubbling along in the background that was my my real call to speak. Fuliana outlined in that introduction is that my background was over two decades in one particular field. And as I said, I always felt, you know, for various reasons that there was there was something else that was that was calling me. When I started this, and I'll go back to my background a little bit later and how I got into it, but when I actually started this, Kim, is that I didn't know what to expect other than I saw the need for something that was entirely relevant to my background and my struggles and my journey. And I could see that after spending so many years in a very combative world, is that I wasn't quite sure that what was being offered out there in the market was sufficient as an external offering, was sufficient enough for people to be able to deal with struggles or challenges or whatnot in their career and personal life. So when I started, and it was only until recently that I made the complete commitment to equilibrium at work, it was a bit of let's every day as as it came, it was always going to be you know, what's this going to be like? Is there going to be the interest? Is there, Have I hit the mark? What challenges are there out there? I thought I was aware of it. Is there enough offerings and all that sort of thing? But by the time I made the commitment to the actual business, I've been so pleased with the interest in the offering, but also it's a one-stop shop. It's a personal work with a mental health overlay, as fully under alluded to. I'm pleased with how it's taken off. Have there been issues that people you're working with have brought to you that you 
hadn't expected? The initial focus was around the idea of wellbeing, mental health. What grew from that is the level of interest in actually discussing the things that you wouldn't necessarily expect would say, take up so much of one person's time and energy and things that they would worry about, often little things at work, politics, machinations that their office set out, all different sort of stuff. I actually found that as my sessions evolved, yes, there was the nucleus of it is the mental health and wellbeing side, but also I found that because of the nature of the sessions, Kim and Fuliana, they're totally bespoke. There is a structure, but we try, I try and take it where they wanted to go. It's sort of a, it's a bit of a warts and all chat. So what sort of surprised me is moving from that, because not everyone has struggles of the, of the way that I certainly have and many others have, but they've got other things in their, in their life that they, they really need to seek counsel about. And so it's sort of developed from there, you know, and I've really enjoyed that adapting to, well, that's interesting. I didn't expect to sort of go in that direction, but find that you've got to be entirely malleable and move with it and you end up getting hopefully to a place where both parties are satisfied. Has that then engendered in you uh, something else that you feel you're called towards, another area? In the sense of, aside from equilibrium, you mean? Yeah, do you know, I have, you know, visions of, if I can say that, of, of where I think the opportunity lies with the, this business that I've started. And in the sense of, I just think the need is so enormous. I think that the times have changed so much. Yeah. So I really force, at least for the next many years, hopefully collaborating with others, gaining scale. I'm so happy with this course I've taken, like I'm getting a lot out of it. That's excellent. Thanks. Nick, I'd like you to take us to the beginning because I'd like to hear a bit about which in some ways I do, I've heard it before, but I think it's a really compelling journey that you went through. Can you walk us through your experience? Yeah, most certainly. So I came up from Melbourne in the the mid-90s and I spent, as you mentioned in the introduction, a couple of decades working for global. I reached getting to a certain level within that industry and in 2007, I was made managing director and promoted to run a business. Mm-hmm. I was being very well compensated. I had opportunities to run businesses offshore and the like. And my career was on the up, so to speak. Right. But funnily enough, in 2009, I gave it all away with no option really waiting for me, which it'd be fair to su- say to surprise a lot of people. Here I was, it's everything I'd wanted for, studied for, worked hard for, 12, 13, 14 hour days, this sort of thing. and then. You get to it and for whatever reason, I, I felt like there was, there was something that was not fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually left. And if you weren't particularly close to me, then you wouldn't have really seen that lack of contentment or unhappiness. So I took a sabbatical. I, I spent a lot of time on myself. About 10 years ago, I, I did a, a major part of the, a walk in Spain called the Camino, which you might have heard of. Um, I visited yoga retreats in Sri Lanka. I did, you know, the list goes on. I I just thought, spend time on myself and sort of work out what's going on for a couple of years because of no obvious options. Banking world, a couple of years again, of course, then took another sabbatical. And on the third occasion I came back, I had felt that there were opportunities for me. It was an easy outcome. The pay was there. And because I had this sort of, dream in the background but I couldn't really put my finger on it I went for safety but in 2017 
you know, I'd met my, my uh, future wife. We had two kids under two and a half and one more on the way. So we had a lot going on. But even with that happening, I, with my wife's blessing, of course, I was done and I left for good. And it was only recently that I realised that that was more about my well-being. Mm-hmm. Sorry to interrupt. Can I go back to the first time you walked away? Was that scary? Do you know what? It really wasn't because I, I think I'm pretty in touch with myself, Fuliana, in the sense of mm-hmm. I know when I'm not feeling right, and I'll expand on that a little bit later for you if you'd like, but right. I knew that I wasn't particularly content. The background of it is that I have battled anxiety for the last 31 years. Mm-hmm. I can be that precise because I know exactly when it took off. And do you mind if I share that experience with you? Please go ahead. I was travelling as a backpacker that so many Australians do in around 19, in 1990 and I, I didn't take care of myself, sleeping poorly, eating badly, drinking too much. Uh, I, I wasn't aware of it. And then it was halfway through that trip actually in the Greek islands where I had an episode in the night time where I confused with it being a claustrophobia episode. Mm-hmm. Act unbeknownst to me, that was my first panic attack. When I got back to Australia, I, unbeknownst to me really, but I suffered what you'd probably describe now as a mini breakdown. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, anxiety has been a part of me. It's, it's, it's part of my DNA. It never leaves me. It's just, it just differs in intensity where some days and weeks are totally clear, but other days are really rough. Right. Uh, funny, I was just musing on this the other day, but I keep a diary and I have done since I was a teenager. But when I was uh, about 10 years ago, I actually drew a box in an excerpt in my diary and I had the words written around it, I will tick this box only when I'm entirely better. Mm-hmm. And I act back on that and it really troubled me that I was never going to get rid of myself and, you know, I was never going to get over this bloody thing. But I realised that that's the case. I'll never get over it. I just get better at coping with it. It's part of who I am and I'm, I'm really fine with that. Mm-hmm. So I had that bubbling away in the background working in this really tough industry, you know, managing people, not a lot of let up. And so unbeknownst to most, I had that anxiety on a day-to-day basis mm-hmm. and working in that role. That's the long answer to your question is that, I knew because of my state of mind and my long-term health yes. that I need. I, I started to realise that that environment just was really poor for me. Thanks. It's impressive that you were able to recognise that that early. That, that's really impressive. When those that have sort of had battles, I think I can only speak for myself here, but you spend so much time thinking about it naturally you get all sorts of assistance along the way. You know, I've seen psychs and, and, and hypnotists and kinesiologists and I've had all sorts of different things in, in, in a striving to sort of get better. Inevitably, even if you're not sharing with others, you, you become very aware of it. I find myself, and again, I can only speak for myself, of what's going on with yourself. Right. If I look at the umbrella view, the overall view, of, of the times where you've stopped and, and given yourself space. Yeah. Those times seem to me to have been times where you've given yourself one very specific goal. So rather you know, come from the corporate environment where there was all this stuff happening, lots of things that you had to get done, and you've narrowed it down to, I'm just going to do this one thing, like the walk in Spain, 
and get that done to give myself a, a personal achievement, a, a head achievement rather than a, a measured goal? Do you know, I'd never really thought about that. But, you know, now reflecting upon it, I think there was a bit of that. I knew my goal was to make myself, you know, through, I thought, I thought this was the right option to make myself better and to, to try and recalibrate a little. But it, you know what? It just, I just felt like the, a load sort of came off me. Mm. And it kind of was, oh, that's wonderful. I can go and do that walk. I can go and do that thing. And I was, I'm, I'm a very sociable person, but I felt totally content being on my own, walking, for instance, for 12 hours a day. So the goal actually, it's funny, I'm not trying to um, change your words, but there was a goal. You're right. I look back and the goal was I was almost using the walk as a, a vehicle, mm-hmm. <laughs> so to speak, yep. to try and discover what was really taking place with me and why I gave up. And yet the walk itself is not an easy thing. It, it does test you physically and mentally, doesn't it? Very much. And, you know, ironically, I haven't finished it. <laughs> I did uh, 300 of the 900 Ks or 870 Ks. Yeah. I had to get back for whatever reason, but that didn't really worry me. It was more the fact that the, the time was right. I wanted to mix with people that were on a bit of a journey like I was. My goodness, the benefit I got from that was, was extraordinary. Yeah. I think it's interesting in that sense too for us to to be sending the message that it doesn't matter where the information comes from for you. If it moves you on your journey, it's a good thing. Totally. Better go back to the list of questions. <laughs> no, I really enjoyed that. That's great. It's amazing how quickly you can go back there. That's good. Well, maybe we go back to your timeline now, Nick, when I interrupted to go back and walk us through what was next. When I uh, left banking for good at the end of uh, 17, I had an idea, sorry, brewing away that I've been toying around for many years, which would you you mind I'll expand on that? Yes, please. It's going to sound really quite basic, but this is sort of how I view it. We, I think as a society, we underestimate just how important it is to talk or download. We all know that it's not healthy to keep everything inside, but we often make the assumption this is what I believe, that we make the assumption that most people have a network around them that allow those conversations to actually take place. That just isn't the case always. Yeah, I had that. I was very fortunate. But a lot of people don't. And I believe that if you create an environment which is secure and trusting in a one-on-one context, most people want to and need to talk. And so that was sort of the nucleus of equilibrium at work being I wanted to provide an independent ear, a different point of view, basically. I wanted to allow people that I was spending time with to be able to download on all things that were happening in their lives at that point in time, covering off on, as we talked about before, work, personal, with the mental health overlay. The the idea being really bespoke, as bespoke it could be, but with the structure, but also a bit of a warts and all, nothing off limits. And I wanted to create a session where people got the opportunity to talk about options and solutions with an independent source that they really trusted. I think that the key is that I'm no clinical psych or I'm certainly no counsellor, but 
I understood challenges and, and politics of, a, you know, a brutal corporate environment. And I'm certainly someone that understands what it's like to deal with the mental health challenge within that environment. Yeah. I so started to build on this idea of providing what I'd describe as a one-shop, uh, one-stop shop where people could come and talk about their anxieties and ambitions and the like. So because I, you know, to cite an example, and we talked about it earlier, I really wish back in 07, 08, you know, what was going on because I, I just, I would have got great value out of that. And I, I, I keep defaulting to that. You know, what would it have been like for me? Is that the case for others? Because I'm absolutely convinced that everyone has crap going on in their lives. Everyone's got stuff. There's a great German saying, you know, that they use quite freely is that there's a sigh under every rooftop. It's so true. So that was sort of, I started to, this, this concept started to bubble away to hopefully provide an outlet for people to feel lighter, happier, and therefore more settled and productive in the workplace. And that was the overall objective of, was equilibrium at work, is to improve happiness and productivity whilst managing employee wellbeing. That seems like a good place to take a break in our discussion with Nick Gorman. We are talking about equilibrium at work. I'm Kim Bailey, she's Fuliana Osborne, this is Inside Exec. Join us for part two in our next session. <laughs>